Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Rick Wirtz, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Yes. Dads that prioritize physical presence, are engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. Uh, that's the triune nature of our Heavenly Father that we're uh, practicing in the home. This, this topic, uh, the topic for this podcast is Dad Standing Firm because there's a lot of noise out there that distracts dads and family uh, as we wrap up this year and move into the Christmas season. And uh, to discuss this further, particularly uh, standing firm in the responsibilities as a dad through this season, is my dear friend, uh, Pastor Von Juan, the hey. past founding pastor of Space City Space Church. Space City Church, where we are beyond limits. Ah, there you go. Launched uh, past the uh, the pull of gravity on beyond. That's right. right. Come on. <laughs> that's good. Uh, well, that's, uh, you know, Von is a, also a dad, a husband and father. A father of four. Yes. So you had to go kids. into zone defense. We are. We're trying to figure it out, but it's still two on two, so we can make it happen. Two on two. Yes, you, indeed. You can. Uh, how now? Wait a minute. How do you? You're just you're setting the other two aside, and you're I taking get, two. I on get two. two. My wife gets two. Okay. Yeah. I see. Two all for right. two. Indeed. So all right. So that uh, that's that's the way to <laughs> conquer and, uh, and conquer. And, and, yeah. Make it work. We figured it out. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you better. There's a 16-year-old in the house. She ought to be. Uh, maybe you can have three on three here pretty quick. Hey, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for that. In time, in God's time. Yes, All right. Well, I I, uh, I know we we've talked a lot about uh, uh, you know knowing who you are and whose yes. you are through this season. We've talked about the uh, busyness that's out there to distract and discourage us as we uh, get into really the. the other than Easter, it's yes. the most significant time of the year for a Christian that we're celebrating the Christ child yep. coming into the world. And, uh, and we've talked about leading up uh, you know, the, the uh, relationships that are necessary in marriage and in home and with Christ as we, uh, as we enter into the season. Now, looking at responsibilities, there's a lot of uh, responsibilities on dad, isn't there? To make Absolutely. the income, provide health care. There are a lot of uh, uh, provisionary uh, sides of being a dad. Yes. And uh, I know I always tried to shove uh, financial provision and disciplinarian into a box and I could do dad. But the responsibilities really go well beyond that. Don't yes, they? absolutely. And uh, so when you look at that, one of the primary responsibilities, as uh, you've said before, you know, you're pastor of your church, but you have to be the priest in your home. Indeed. And you're charging all the men of your church to be. Yes. What responsibility goes with that? Well, I mean, I, I laugh at, at Chris Rock. He said, only, only women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. You know, men, we're loved on the condition that we provide something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if you ain't providing what the Bible says, man, you're worse than a vagabond. And uh, so I always think about that. But I think the, one of the things as a leader um, of your home, there's got to be some vision. Mm-hmm. Right? What's the Bible Pro-visionary, say? Provisionary. Right? Provisionary, right? So for the lack of vision, um, or prevent, man, the people perish. So mm-hmm. if you're leading your wife, if you're leading your children, you need to make sure that there's a, a game plan mapped out, right? Mm-hmm. Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, man, write the vision down and make it plain. Said he who reads it, right, can run with the vision. You want people to be able to run with the vision. You, want, you need to want your kids to run with it. So I think having a mission statement and a vision statement for your family. 
right? Of course, if you say, I'm gonna start a business, you wanna do it, you wanna start a church, you wanna start a nonprofit, you have a vision statement, mission statement. Fathers, where's your mission statement and your vision mm -hmm. statement for your kids and right. for your wife and for where you're mm -hmm. going? So I think that's first and foremost, seek the Lord and ask God, hey, what's the vision for this household? Because he made you the leader of that home for a reason. So making sure you have a vision, right? One thing I do, and uh, I have a vision board, um, or I, I call it a vision wall. And anytime I've, I, I'm seeing God um, want to push me in a direction, um, I'll take a picture of something, i print it out, and i put it on the wall and I staple it on the wall. In the last two years, I've seen at least eight things come off of that wall. I remember the video camera we wanted for the church, uh, the digital switcher we needed for the church, a vehicle, the truck that we wanted for, our, our outreach truck we wanted for Space City Church. I put those things on the wall. Months later, the same picture is now a reality. That same video camera be became something I was holding. So you got to have a vision in front of you. And now when I go to my kid's room, my daughter has a picture of a Benz. She has a picture, <laughs> right? Because she's seen her father uh, have vision and that same vision come to life, right? People perish for lack of vision, man. Visionaries, um, it's so important to be able to lead people in the right direction, mm -hmm. right? Your kids need that, man. You've been ahead of them. I always tell my you, my daughter when when she was ten years old and I was I was twenty years ahead. I mean, I've been I've been ten for for twenty years now. You know what I mean? So I've already been there. I've done that. You don't have to go through the same potholes. You don't have to make the same mistakes. Let me show you where I've been. Let me show you where we are as a family, and let me show you where we're going. And if you just follow, and if you trust your dad, trust your mother, um, God has blessings in store. And making sure that they know that it's not just your opinion. Opinions are, aren't worth much. Mm -hmm. The word of God stands forever. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So making sure that you're always able to back up why you're doing something. Because if you say, because I said so, that's not that's shaky ground, right? But if you can say, well, man, in Romans 8, 28, it says this. Or, hey, man, John 3, 16, it says this. Or 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says this. Now you have some legs to stand second on. Second half so of Romans says this. Yeah, the Romans whole one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Second half of so I think having a, a God-like and Christ-like vision and foundation and roadmap for your family. I think that's one of the first things I would say. I think, and particularly, you know, you, you're in the heart of the coach season because, uh, you know, one thing we know when we move from a teacher season, which typically is the first 10 years of a child's mm -hmm. life, into the coach season, the second 10 years, those short answers don't, don't work. No, indeed. And, and they aren't interested in your opinion. They right. want to know why you're thinking, why you're thinking, and where did you get that? Right, and right. And so when you go to, uh, you know, in, in the situation, whether it's the second half of the first chapter of Romans, or whether it's Romans, uh, you know, 323, we all fall short of the glory of God. Just understanding yeah. that we're, we're uh, the story has already been written. Yes. And, uh, and history is, is, uh, repeats itself. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. this, this, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Right. So these are the things that you're you're laying out there, and and so as you as you teach your your men to be the priests in their home, you're uh, you're encouraging them to to pray, to mm -hmm. be in scripture, uh, yeah. those types of things, uh, to have devotion time with family. Yeah, I think also what's important is the the recognition of the giftedness mm -hmm. of the child, mm -hmm. right? Every every child is created different. I have four kids, and and none of them are the same. You know, and I, I remember when I was in elementary school, they started a program called Gifted and Talented. Mm -hmm. And I believe my class was one of the first classes that actually had that program. And when somebody told me I was gifted and talented, it made me feel good about myself. It also made me push harder. And I always ask God, why, what's the difference between gifted and talented? And I was just, man, seeking the Holy Spirit. And what a revelation I believe I received was God showed me that 
plenty of times the gift is invisible, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by that is a lot of people may look at a basketball player and say, man, he's a gifted basketball player or he's a gifted baseball player. But I say, no, he's not a gifted basketball player. He's a talented basketball player, but he's gifted with athleticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, the, the gift is invisible. You can't see athleticism, but the talent reveals the gift. Right, because if you saw me with a baseball in my hand, you'd probably say I wasn't very athletic. But if you saw me with a football, if you saw me on the track, if you saw me on the basketball court, now the talents of basketball track, they would reveal that giftedness. I can't just look at somebody. Sometimes you see a guy that's tall at the gym, you wanna pick him on your team because you think he can play, but he's tall and he's sorry, right? So it has nothing to do with size, it has nothing to do with outwards because the gift is invisible. You look at somebody that plays the piano or uh, the guitar, and you say, man, he's a talented keyboard. No, he's not talented. He's talented at the keyboard, he's talented at the guitar, he's a gifted musician. Mm -hmm. The gift is invisible. Mm -hmm. So you have to recognize that. uh, So the Bible says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. It is God's purpose for us to become people that are interacting with great people, right? Life moves at the speed of relationships. If you're not interacting with great people, you're going to have a life that's stagnant, right? Right. So that gift is a key. I tell people the gift is the key that opens the door and the talent is the vehicle. You need to make sure you're in a vehicle that's getting you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. If I tried to make baseball my vehicle, it wasn't going to take me far in life. That was like me trying to ride a tricycle to New York. It's not going to happen. But when I found the vehicle of football, I had scholarship opportunities, basketball scholarship opportunities. It was a car. It felt good. Not knowing that my true vehicle was track and field. Mm -hmm. That was my Lamborghini. That was my jet. That that got me the full-paid scholarship to Rice University. That gave me the opportunity to travel to Puerto Rico and Santo Domingo and go to the Pan Am games and break records and everything. But if I had stopped with only football or baseball, I'd have never seen the greatness of the gift that God had for me. So as a parent, you need to, I would never tell you go to a dealership and only drive one car. You gotta test drive some things. It's your job as a parent, when they're young, right? In the Asian culture, uh, when a child's young, they'll put out like a book, they'll put out money, they'll put out a, a, a ball, and whatever the child walks to in the first years of early development, they'll make sure that they spend time with that kid developing that thing that they crawl to. And I'm not saying that that's the uh, most accurate way to understand, but at least they're doing something. Right. And I and I really feel led to tell a, a father out there, man, you've got um, a kid in your house and you may not recognize what their gifting is. The child might not even recognize what their gifting is. You need to try out some different talents and give them some different opportunities so that gift can be revealed, right? right. And they have their vehicle, and now they have to make a decision on where they're going to take that gift. Because some guys can play basketball, but they spend all their time at the park. That's not going to give you a great opportunity. But if you go play in college, now that opens up doors. you got to figure out where you're going to store this gift, sure, right? Sure. And the place where you store your gift is going to determine the impact you have, the legacy that you leave, the coaches and the mentors in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Guiding people down the road. I always tell my kids, listen, I am trying to give the world great people. That's my job. Mm -hmm. I don't need you leaving this house at 18 and you don't know how to clean up after yourself. You don't know how to say yes, sir, no, sir. You have horrible manners. You you understand what I'm saying? Like it's your job as a parent to give the world a great person. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, So so sports is good, you know, but at the end of the day, we need to make sure that the vision is there, 
like we talked about, laying out a good vision, but then discovering the talents and the gifts of your children at a young age. And when you find that fire, do everything you can to dump some gasoline on it and push them in the right direction. Right. And that, that giftedness comes from a relationship with the Lord that understands that he's already uniquely gifted each yes. child. Our challenge as parents is to get in sync with what those gifts are yes. like, and then help them uh, Absolutely. develop them to the glory of God. To the glory of God. So, so if they don't, but if they don't have that relationship, the first thing we have to plant in them, of course, is that relationship yes, absolutely. to understand that uh, as as so the responsibilities for dads is is uh, to nurture that relationship, create the home environment mm-hmm. that encourages development, right? yes, and encourages inquisitive minds and yeah. dialogue. That table, the yeah. table time, you know, dinner time. So many families they've just negated that; they've cast it to the side. But we do our best as a family to have dinner, to sit down, you know, and I think those are the moments and statistics show um, that's where kids learn uh, a lot from their father, you know, a lot from their mother is at that dinner table, life skills. Um, You know, we didn't have that, you know, Pops was gone. I remember when I got to college, there was some girls at the table and I was eating and they were staring at me and I thought it was because I was handsome. And when I asked them what was going on, they told me, you eat so gross. We're going to have to teach you how to eat. So it was because I had no home training, man. I didn't know where to fork. I just, man, I'm just grubbing like crazy. And, you know, so again, you want to give the world great people. You want to give people uh, humble children, kids that aren't prideful. You know, I remember a story where um, my son was playing football one of his first years, and the team that they were playing, they, they beat them. And, you know, you have to line up at the end of the game, and you're supposed to shake hands, and you shake the person's hand. So I was watching, and every time a kid would come by to shake his hand, he'd do like this, and do like this, and do like this. So they come back around, and I, I kid you not, I grabbed him. I went and got the other team. I said, Coach, bring your team back out here. And I made them line the team back, and him by himself had to go down the line and make sure he shook every kid's hand, look him in the eye, and tell him good game. Right. If I'd have let that slide, that would have been a seed that was planted and he might have been a kid that might have been talented, but he would have had horrible character. And a lot of times when coaches are doing recruiting, they're looking at kids Twitter. They're looking at their social media. They're seeing what type of music they're listening to, where they're going. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And integrity, of course, is is what you do when nobody's looking. But, man, character is what everybody sees. Character is what everybody says. And if you can't have good integrity, at least have good character. You know what I mean? So I think that's the main thing. It's just raising up children that are respectful and are growing up in the fear of God. What does the Bible say, man? Raise them up in the way they should go, and as they get older, they won't depart from it. So I think that's a huge part of the responsibility. And that's a great opportunity for dads over the holidays because, you know, kids are out of school possibly, uh, kids are home from college, uh, you know, to make sure that you're having that sit-down time at yeah. dinner and then having those intentional discussions Absolutely. as well, have those di- have that dialogue. Make, and I think that also goes around to say make sure the home is always a safe place yes. to come back and ask wow. those questions, right? Yes. So if you, if you set that up in the home, then the child always will, you know, it, the, the uh, studies show that kids want to talk to their parents right. about sex and uh, wow. drugs and those types of things but parents are usually either too busy or they're uh, struggling with some sexuality issues themselves yeah you know? yeah for sure uh, so again as you're as a priest in the home to use these opportunities particularly uh, over the holiday season to just use it as an opportunity to raise the bar a little yeah. bit right yeah I think the main I, uh, I don't want to say it wrong but I'll say it as as the best way I can 
um, it's the depiction of a son or a child that's gotten in a jam. They've gotten in a touch situation. Maybe they hit a car. Maybe they got into a wreck. Maybe they're about to get arrested. Who knows what it is? And one kid in that situation says, oh, my God, I'm in a tough position. My dad's going to be so mad at me. And then another kid that's in that same thing that says, oh, my God, I'm in a tough situation. I need to call my dad, right? I want my son to know that in that situation, it's not about me being upset with you. I should be the first person you call because I'm going to try my best to help get you out of the situation, help fix the situation, keep you calm in the situation, love you through that situation, right? So we need to make sure that, uh, and I've had to learn because I started off very, very, um, overprotective and probably holding my daughter too tight and just mm -hmm. talking through different mm -hmm. fathers, man, you, you've got to learn that you have the teacher phase, you have the coaching phase, and then you have to have that mentor season. And in the coaching phase, you want to, you know, but you, you have to step back a little bit. You have to give them room to fall. Like, how are they ever going to grow if you're keeping these tight grips on them? So even learning from you in that area, but creating a safe environment that they're not going to be scared to come to you when there's an issue, but knowing that you're the first person, the main person that they want to reach out to. So I think that's very important. That's like when we stumble, right? Are we, yeah. are we afraid the Heavenly Father's mad at us, or do we go to him in prayer and say, hey? That's good. <laughs> and, 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 they, and that's the thing. Most people, statistically, the relationship they have with their father is how they see their Heavenly Father. Sure. Sure. So if their dad was abusive, if their dad was angry, they think that's how God looks at them, not understanding that he's a God full of grace and he's a God. Um, God, I tell them, God ain't mad at you, man. Mm -hmm. God loves you and God wants to push you through. So we need to show, we have the, we need to have the heart of the Father so that they can understand the heart of the Father. And that's the heart of the Father is, of course, uh, you know, that uh, while we're still sinners, he sends his only son, his yes. begotten son, into this world. And that's, again, bringing this full circle that this is the reason for the season, is it yeah. that he has brought his son into our into the world so that we could lean through his son to yes. reestablish a relationship that was broken in the original garden. Absolutely. Right? So yes. he's reconnecting us to his Father. And through that, we have to provide that connection through this season. Uh, again, I always point through the Advent, uh, the four points of Advent, that yeah. we have the hope that never disappoints. We have the, the, uh, the faith that is uh, rock solid, yeah. that we know God is in control. So yes. we can let go of our daughter, mm. trusting God, not, not, uh, not in an ignorant way, right. but in a, in, a, in a healthy way mm. that allows her to stumble and fall and, uh, and then see that uh, she, can, she can get back on the right track. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, these are life lessons. And then, of course, the joy of seeing our kids mature. Right. I mean, you're seeing it now with a 16-year-old. Yeah. I'm seeing it now with a grandkid on the way. Grandkid on the way. And uh, so this is a beautiful part of life is the joy that we're parenting well. Yes. And you parent well by never forgetting that our Heavenly Father sent His Son. The yes. reason for this season mm -hmm. is the birth of, the, the, of, of Jesus the Christ and that we bring that into our home. And then that's the peace that surpasses yes, all sir. understanding. Come Amen. On. So uh, any final words, uh, Vaughn? I thank you for your time. It's a blessing to have the time yeah. with you. Any final words of encouragement to dads as, as uh, we navigate through this season? Yeah. I would say I just feel led to say don't be so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, none of us are perfect. And, you know, if, you're, if you want to be a better father, you know, one of my favorite quotes 
no one could start a new beginning, but everybody could start the day and have a, new, a different ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not too late, you know, and just keep pushing and believe in yourself. And if you don't know, ask the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit will teach you anything you need to know. So. And the Holy Spirit says don't max out the credit cards. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's Christmas time. It's coming. <laughs> that's right. Good stuff. Well, dads, that's a word from uh, Von Juan and myself. It is just a blessing to be here with you. And I, I want to charge you with uh, take responsibility to lead your family well through Advent uh, at, into a wonderful Christmas. And, yes. And brother, I just wish you a very Merry Christmas and Godspeed. Yes, God bless you. God bless. Godspeed. <laughs>